ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا ثم اما بعد الحمد لله على نعمه الاسلام والسنه all praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the sunnah حدثني جماعه من الشيوخ ومشايخ كل الى سفيان بن عيينه عن عمرو بن دينار عن ابي قابوس مولى عبد الله بن عمرو عن عبد الله بن عمرو بن عاص رضي الله تعالى عنهما عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم انه قال الراحمون يرحمهم الرحمن ارحموا من في الارض يرحمكم من في السماء a number of mashayikh they have narrated a hadith that is hadith musalsal bil awwaliyya where many of the imams of the past they were saying haddathani shaykh fulan wa huwa awwal hadith sami'tuhu minh they will say that this hadith was narrated to me by shaykh so and so and it was the first hadith that i heard from him and that is the hadith where the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said that those who are merciful they will be shown mercy by the most merciful so be merciful to those who are in the earth and the one who is above the heavens will show you mercy this hadith is tremendous and from the reasons that they will narrate this hadith to their students when first teaching them was an indication to them that al-ilm ar-rahma that knowledge is mercy natijatuhu rahma fi dunya the result of knowledge is mercy in the dunya wa ghayatuhu rahma fil akhirah and that the ultimate goal of knowledge is mercy in the hereafter and it is very important that we are constantly reminded of this of this fact especially due to the fact that we live in a time where knowledge is very scarce where innovation is widespread where the people of innovation they have dominance in many places and we live in a time where there is a gross amount of ignorance imam bin baz rahimahullah ta'ala 
he mentioned that we live in a time and we live in an era that we need therein gentleness when it comes, يعني, and this is an advice particularly to the people of the Sunnah, to Ahlul Sunnah. Naam. He advised them, he said, we live in a time where we are in need of gentleness. Meaning, and I don't want anyone to misunderstand what the Imam he intended. This does not mean that a one be mumayyir, that he waters down the da'wah, becomes too soft. No, that's not what that means. Doesn't mean that an individual, they compromise in areas in which we are not allowed to compromise. No, that's not what that means. It means that we apply the deen the way it should be applied. Now, and it's important that we understand this. The Prophet ﷺ, when he sent Mu'adh to Yemen to give da'wah, some of the advice in which he gave him was, uh, was, بَشِّرُوا وَلَا تُنَفِّرُوا Give glad tidings. Give glad tidings and be inviting. Do not chase people away. Don't chase people away. Naam. يَسِّرُوا وَلَا تُعَسِّرُوا Be easy and don't be hard. Be easy and don't be hard. And this is very important for us to understand when giving da'wah is that we have to be inviting. We shouldn't allow our actions to be of that which will cause individuals to run away. And then they use that as an excuse. So it was the manner in which they treated me. It was the manner in which they spoke to me. So on and so forth. This is the reason right here. Now, but we should be inviting. Invite the people to the truth. Yani, with, with ease and with gentleness. And this is the origin. And to utilize other than that when it is necessary. Because we have to invite to the truth based upon wisdom. And wisdom is is to put everything in its proper place. Hikmah is to put everything in its right place, right? So being easy, when we should be easy, that's wisdom. And on the contrary, being hard, when we should be easy, that's not wisdom. And on the flip side, being easy, when we need to be hard, that's not wisdom either. You got to put everything in its proper place. When it's a time to be easy, you be easy, and that's the general. When it's time to be hard, then we be hard. Now. Because this is the man of the deen. The deen has any ease, gentleness, and it has any sternness. Now, the origin is to be easy because the truth is, is heavy. The truth is heavy. Now, the truth is already heavy. So don't make it even more heavier. Don't make it more heavier by your harshness. Now, and it is incumbent that we, that we know this and it is incumbent that we recognize this and it is incumbent that we seek to learn so that we may implement 
and we seek to learn and learn well so that we may adequately explain and invite and call others to it. Now, so it, it, is, it is a must that we learn and we learn well. Now, I'm saying all that to say this, that we learn and that we learn well, because I'm pretty sure this is not the first time that we sat for classes, right, on any given subject uh, and the like. And we were to look back at the many times and the many classes and seminars and lectures and, you know, workshops and so on and so forth that we have been involved in in, in years gone past, that I wanted just, just to reflect, you know, either now or at your convenience, reflect to yourself, how much could you really walk away from it? Like, what do you have to show for it? Right? What do you have to show for it? Whatever books you have gone through in the past, whatever books you have studied, whatever books you have read, so on and so forth, right now, what do you have to show for it? What do you have with you to show for it? Right? And I ask that because we want to take approaches and we want to we want to flip it up. We want to switch it up. You know what they say? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing, looking for a different result. If we didn't see the results we were looking for in the past, then we have to switch it up. This means that the methodology is not correct. Now, when it comes to, to aim and seeking knowledge, there is a whole methodology of seeking knowledge. There, there are manners and characteristics and edit to seeking knowledge. And that within itself is a class all by itself. Sure, they mean, there's many classes that deal just with the etiquettes of the student of knowledge, how you seek knowledge. Now, the ulama of the past, of the salaf, they wrote tremendous books on the characteristics and the edit of the student of knowledge outlining how they seek knowledge, how they sit in class, how they interact with their teachers, so on and so forth. These things are of extreme importance. Now, and this is not the topic of this particular class. However, yani, go back to those books uh, and those works that have been translated on this particular subject matter and, and read and study so that we may benefit ta'ala. But also the manner of acquiring knowledge is very important. That we have to have the proper method and manner of acquiring knowledge otherwise we're going to see very little fruit from the effort in which we put forward we're going to see very little fruit from the effort in which we put forward now so let us switch what needs to be switched change what needs to be changed adjust what needs to be adjusted so that we benefit now this is for the brothers but in particularly and especially for the women especially for the women now those sisters who are here who are present uh, those who may be listening, tuning in from Mixler or, 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 or what have you, now, uh, to really take these things seriously because the education of the women is tremendous. And although the sisters have their own yani, designated day in class, this is not to give them an excuse to neglect and to not show up for other classes. Now, attend your class, the day that has been dedicated specifically to you, but also attend the other classes because one of the benefits of the likes of this class is that it's for everybody, men and women together. And although the classes for the sisters, that, that is the sisters' class, men can also come and also benefit because all of those things, the men, they have to know it too. All of those things, the men, they have to know it too. Uh, so likewise, we want everyone to take it uh, seriously. And that means to, to write, to take notes, to get down, um, you know, to get down notes and, and, and that which is highlighted, to get it down. And whatever means is more comfortable for you. So whether it's old school pen and paper, 
whether it's yani, a computer and you type on it, or whether it's a tablet and you, and you, and you write in it, or yani, whatever is easy for you, or whether it's your phone and you write yani, in the, the, the notes app of your phone, the memo app of your phone and the like, whatever works, whatever works for you, whatever is most easy and convenient for you, then that's fine. Bismillah ta'ala. And I'm saying this to say is because there are going to be certain pieces of information that are going to be highlighted that you're going to have to memorize. Now, unless you like Imam al-Shafi'i and you memorize what you hear, right? And what you, and what, and what you, what you read, you can memorize it immediately, then that's a whole other story. But if you like that, then okay, alhamdulillah. But if not, then you need to write it down. You need to write it down so that you have it and you come back to it later. And don't be reliant upon technology because, yeah, you know, technology, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, it might be available on a website right now. Then years later, the website out there no more. So don't be relying on it. It might be on your hard drive. Something happened to your computer. Now you don't have access to it. It might be on your phone. You drop your phone in water. Now you can't get your things. It wasn't uploaded to the cloud for whatever reason. Now you don't have it. You see what I'm saying? Make your ultimate goal. You see this right here? You see that right there? Your heart. Make your ultimate goal that what records captures, preserves your knowledge is your heart. You memorize, you got it with you. You understand what I'm saying? That's the ultimate goal. All these other things that you put it down on, that's the temporary means to have access to it so that you can put it here. You can store it here. Because that is not going to, you know, it's not, you're not going to lose your files because it got, you know, whatever. You understand what I mean? So this is um, important. But if, so we're on the tremendous hadith and the reason why I'm stressing this, especially to Ahlul Sunnah, right? And, and let's not yani, get it mistaken. These, these classes, we're addressing Ahlul Sunnah. Sit. It's not to say whoever else can't benefit, you know what I mean? But we're addressing Ahlul Sunnah. And Ahlul Sunnah have to know this information well so that we can, one, be upon it, but two, so we can transmit it to others. That which you don't know well, you can't really explain it to someone else. You know, you haven't grasped it well yourself, right? And if you yourself are not benefiting, then I mean, you know, somebody else benefiting. How important is that to you specifically? You follow what I mean? How important is that to you specifically? No, it's for the clock is showing the time. No. So the, the, the goal is that we benefit, right? The goal is that we benefit. Also, though, also. Is because this book, Arba'in and Nawawiyah, the 40 hadith of Imam Nawawi, outlines the qawa'id, the qawa'id of the sunnah, principles of the sunnah. Naam? Because we know that in order, in order to be upon the sunnah, then you have to transverse upon the principles of the sunnah. Naam? You have to be upon yani, the principles of the sunnah. For example, for example Imam Ahmed rahmatullah wrote a tremendous book, Usulu Sunnah. Naam? And in that book, he outlined the principles of the sunnah. Usulu sunnah is from our beliefs. We believe this, and we believe this, and we believe this. And he outlines the, the principles of the sunnah as relates to the aqidah. Man, likewise, Imam al-Barbahari, rahimahumullah ta'ala, they outlined these tremendous books, which outlined to us the principles of the sunnah, because it's understood that in order to be sunni, salafi, a person has to be upon the qawaid, the principles of ahl sunnah. That makes sense? If you, you say Sunni, but you have to be upon the principle of the Sunni. If not, then the claim is is irrelevant. It doesn't mean anything, right? Um, so, 
these principles that are outlined here in this in this particular collection of, of a hadith are very important. Why? Because the principles of the Sunnah, where do we get them from? The principles of the Sunnah, the Qawaid of the Sunnah, where do we get it from? Who knows? We get it from where? Hmm? From the Sahaba. Right? Scholars? No. Uh -uh. From the Sahaba, now, because they transmitted to us what? The Hadith. That's one. That's one of our sources. What's the other one? The Quran. Now, so when we say the principles of the Sunnah is because they're extracted from the text. The Sahaba, they have transmitted this to us. Now, so we say, yani, the ulama, uh, yani, ahl sunnah, meaning the, the, yani, the Prophet, I said, the Sahaba, first and foremost. Now, they are the ones, or, yani, when we say ulama, the Sahaba, first and foremost, what our mind should go to, the scholars, meaning from the Sahaba, because they, 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 they learned directly from the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, and their way, their way is, is correct, is proven. Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he praised the Sahaba. Now the Prophet praises the Sahaba because they were upon was right. So they have transmitted to us the principles of the religion that are extracted from the book and the Sunnah. So the principles of Ahlul Sunnah are not principles that some man invented. They're not principles that some founder, right, uh, yani came up with. No, no, no. These are principles that are from the book and the Sunnah because our Imam, ultimately, who's our Imam? Muhammad Sallallahu That's our Imam ultimately. They may have an Imam, we respect them. Imam al Shafi'i, you know, Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Ahmad, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. We respect them, we love them. But ultimately, what? Our Imam is Muhammad Sallallahu So if anyone contradicts the Prophet Sallallahu then we take that statement of the one who has contradicted the Prophet Sallallahu and we respectfully do what? Put it to the side. We don't care who said it. We don't care who said it. We don't care what status they reached. We don't care what the people said about them. If you contradict the Prophet, we're going to put your statement to the side in all due respect because we have more respect for the truth. The truth has more right to be followed. So the point I'm trying to make is that these principles right, are extracted from the book in the Sunnah, from the text. Like the Qawa'il Fiqhiyah the principles of fiqh, they're extracted from the text. That makes sense? They're extracted from the text. They're based on the text. So this here is a good yani, occasion for us to become acquainted, to become acquainted with this concept of the proofs and the evidences being extracted from the text. So these particular hadith are tremendously important. This is why the ulama of Ahlul Sunnah, they teach this book, yani, over and over and over and over and over again. This book is of tremendous importance. These 40 some hadith that are collected here in this book are of tremendous importance. Now, because in them, they give you the principles of the deen. They give you the principles of the deen. So much so, and I'm saying this to say so that maybe we can have more appreciation for the class. The ulama, they mentioned that if a person were to go to, for example, we know that the most authentic book after... Allah's book is what? Bukhari. But if you take the same number of ahadith that are inside of Sahih al-Bukhari from number one all the way to 40 sama, 42 like this, right? And you take the ahadith from Arba'in and Nawawiyah 
and you compare them and say, what should I memorize? This 40 sama hadith or that 40 sama hadith? Which one is more benefit you think for the student? Arba'in, the 40 hadith. Okay, why? No, it's the same 40. If you take 40, 40, same number. Number for number. Compilation of the most important hadith. Nah, because it's a compilation of the most important hadith that are extracted from it. What the principles of the deen. So those forty some hadith from Arba'in and Nawiyah, each hadith points you to a principle from the religion that other affairs and other matters are built upon. So a person will be more acquainted with Islam overall if they will memorize the the yani forty hadith of Imam Nawi as opposed to memorizing the same number of ahadith from larger collections because those larger collections is taken as a whole now if you memorize all of Sahih Bukhari then okay that's something different right you memorize all of Sahih Muslim that's something different right but the 40 ahadith that are there that are here in in, in uh, Arba'in and Nawiyah they, they they bring together Principles of the religion. Every hadith has a principle of the religion that other things are built upon it. Yeah, they, 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 they bring forth concepts that other things yeah, they are built upon and are far-reaching. So, so we have a good understanding, overall understanding of the deen of al-Islam. Then we have to know and study well what's in these 40 saman hadith. Now. And, 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 and that is important because a lot of times the fitna, it comes when there's an imbalance. You follow what I'm saying? When there's an imbalance. Like, for example, when you have the, the students of knowledge in the beginning, right? The early man, they mentioned, Mimu Shafri, he mentions that student of knowledge is in levels, right? There's certain levels of student, being a student of knowledge. They were saying the first level is that the person thinks he knows everything, right? So this is the first level. They don't really know much, but they think they know everything. People who are like this, they cause a lot of harm because they're a lot of times they're very rigid because they're only looking at one aspect because they have yet to learn their other aspects to it. Now, then the next level is when a person reaches the point where he realizes that what he has learned or that which he doesn't know is greater than that which he has acquired. They realize that what has escaped them from knowledge is more then they have acquired from knowledge. So they realize that what that their that, that their ignorance is greater than their knowledge, that there's a lot that they don't know and only a little bit that they actually know. Right? So on and so forth to you know the levels. But the point is is that you have that that first level causes a lot of problems because it's an imbalance. They're looking at things as if it's black and white, not knowing that there are other alternatives, not knowing that yeah, I mean, uh, 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 there are other legitimate Legitimate, I'm not talking about illegitimate opinions, but the other legitimate opinions. So when you have that level of knowledge and realize that's another legitimate opinion, then it's easy for you to be forbearance. You say, oh, no, no, it's, what he's doing is based upon the need. So, okay, no problem. We're not going to, you know, argue and, you know, stop liking each other over. What you're doing is based upon the need. I understand. Early man, they have mentioned this. And this is based upon Daniel, I understand, or only might have mentioned this. No problem. And when I say early man, I mean what based upon text, not just a statement of a person, right? Because the statements of the individuals, of the peoples, then it needs proof. 
I'm saying statements that are based upon proof, proofs and evidences. And this is very, this is of, of extreme, 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 extreme importance. Connect yourself to the proof. Connect yourself to the proof. Sheikh Abdul Rahman Muhyiddin, Rahmatullah, I mean, Rahimahullah Ta'ana, Rahimahullah Ta'ana. The last time when we were with him in, 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 in Medina, he, he kept saying more than once. He kept saying more than once. Make sure you connect the people to the text, not to people. Make sure you connect the people to the text, not to people. And that's very important, right? Because at the end of the affair, it's about doing that which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's it. Doing that which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If the people don't like that, that's fine. But we have to do that which is pleasing to Allah. And we seek to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything else is insignificant. Everything else is insignificant. So when you connect yourself to the text, that's what you're connecting yourself to. When you connect yourself to people, then now you're trying to please the people. Regardless of whether the text may say or not. Because not everyone, because some people sick, are pleased by what's contained in the text. So either you're going to please the people, or you're going to seek to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you seek to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're not concerned about the pleasure of the people. Those who are pleased by that which pleases Allah, alhamdulillah, those are the ones you, those are the ones you were anyway. Those who are not pleased by what pleases Allah, then forget them. You don't need to be worrying about them to begin with. These are people that have no, nothing good to offer you, right? But, ala kulli hal, ala kulli hal, it is important that we grasp well these concepts. So let's go back. Let's go back. The Prophet wasallam, and we took this portion in last week's class, he said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, innamal-a'malu bin-niyat, that verily actions are but by their intentions. Naam. And this is generally and typically how it is translated. Naam. It was mentioned that in nama, that in nama is adatul hasar. That in nama is from those statements of what? In nama is from the statements that do what? What is their functionality? Anybody remember? No? Okay. This was on the homework. Maybe it wasn't on the homework. It's going to be on the homework. <laughs> it's going to be on the homework, inshallah. It wasn't, on the, yani, it wasn't on the homework that's been posted on the Telegram channel. So everyone in class, inshallah, Tyler, make sure that you make it your concern to learn what is the telegram channel and to sign up for it because that's where the homework is posted that you have to answer and then submit it now you put your name on it you answer the questions you submit it it's very important it's very important so that we truly get a grasp of the information that is coming inside of these particular classes now this question is on part three which is not released yet so i'll let you slide in nama it is from those statements that restrict, that restrict, right? So it will be translated as only, that verily actions are only, 
only by their intentions. And that's important for us to know. Their actions are only, they're only by their intentions. Naam. And that verily everybody will only have what they intended. Now, now, when you look at this particular construction between these two sentences, you will think that there's some repetition there. Actions are by their intentions. Everyone will have what they intended. Now, it may come across that there's some type of repetition there. And that's why it's important to know what is meant by the first phrase. <laughs> the actions are by their intentions. And what is meant by And that verily everyone will only have that which they intended. What is meant by those two sentences? Right? And this is the reason why I went back a little bit before getting into the second one. Because they're connected. They're connected and it's important that we understand the functionality of both. But before doing that, it was mentioned... That from the functionality of the intentions is that they distinguish between acts of worship. From the functionality of the intentions is that they distinguish between acts of worship. Right? Because, for example, between an obligatory action and an obligatory action. You may have two obligatory actions that are the exact same in their outward appearance they're the exact same in their outward appearance so what would distinguish this one from that one for example you have vuhr and vuhr is how many rakat four and then you have asr asr is how many rakat four what distinguishes this four from that four <coughs> huh time in a sense i mean as far as when they have to be done but let's say for example uh, you overslept. You overslept, right? So what's going to distinguish? Your niyyah, your intention. So if you overslept, and now it's the time of asr, and you're praying for raka'at, what distinguishes that you're praying for raka'at, vuhr, and not for raka'at, asr, is your intention. Right? So the intention from the functionalities of it, for lack of a better expression, is that it distinguishes between acts of worship. Right? So that's one thing I want you to, to, to have down. Is that the intention, one of the functionalities of it is that it distinguishes between acts of worship. Whether it is from an, an obligatory and obligatory or an obligatory and uh, voluntary, right? So on and so forth. That makes sense? Also, from the functionalities of the intention is that it can turn an everyday action into an act of obedience. It can turn an everyday action into an act of obedience. Right? You with me? Okay, give me an example. Like what? Going to work. Going to work. Mm -hmm. It can turn it into an act of obedience. How? Person. Person makes the intention to go to work to support his family, support himself, to take care of his responsibility. I'm with you, but that that who commanded him to do? Allah. 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 Right. So a person intends to get up and go to work so that he can fulfill the commandment that Allah commanded him with. 
and taking care of his family, you know, those who are under his responsibility, so on and so forth. This is his intention, to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he's going to work so he can obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Give me another example. Drinking water. Drinking water. Right? How? Hydrating yourself to read the Quran. Hydrating yourself to read the Quran. Excellent. What's another example? Exercise. <laughs> Exercise. That you do, right, but but but, so, but what's the underlying commonality? You do it in order to what? To strengthen yourself to do worship, right? So if a person eats and his attention to eating is so he can strengthen himself, so he can worship, then he has turned eating into what? An act of abad. So he gets, he's rewarded for it. He's rewarded for it. So that's one of the functionalities of the intention is that you can turn an everyday act into something that you get rewarded for. Because those everyday acts of eating, right, uh, 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 drinking and so on and so forth, it, it, the origin is that they're mubah. And inshallah ta'ala soon we're going to come. What is mubah, right? Because um, I don't like translating it because it just, I don't know, it, I don't know. It just don't make sense, right? It really doesn't make sense. It's just better that we understand the concepts uh, yani in Arabic, what the concept is, as opposed to trying to, you know, translate it. But in any, in any event, it's mubah. And one of the characteristics of mubah is, is that which you don't get rewarded for is nothing for you, is nothing against you. Right? There's nothing for you, is nothing against you. It's mubah. It's okay. No, no whatever. Right? Um, but anyway, you can turn something into that which under other circumstances you'll get nothing out of it to something that you can get something out of it. Right? So that is important as intentions, Yanni. The intention is very, 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 very important. Now, but so there was a, a great companion, Mu'adh, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he had a tremendous statement. He had a tremendous statement. And he said, He said, as far as me, I sleep and I get up and I, and I pray. I sleep, right, some of the night, and I pray some of the night. And then he said, he said, I anticipate to be rewarded for my sleep just like I anticipate to be rewarded for my standing. Why? Because he's sleeping to rest. Naam, Because he's sleeping to rest so he can get up and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, this level for us is important because, again, one of the takeaways that we want to do from, from classes like this is not just to, you know, Oh man, that's deep, you know, and that's it. No, so that what? So we can do it. So that so 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 that we can be of individuals who anticipate to be rewarded from our sleep, just like we anticipate to get rewarded from our standing. That's important. That's that that's of extreme importance. Because, because, right? We have to strive to try to better ourselves, to become better Muslims. To be better worshippers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. To be more religious. More practicing of the religion. We have to strive to do that ourselves. Because if not, then for what? I'm just being honest with you. If not, then for what? If we're not trying to yani, do things that Allah loves and pleased with, then what's the point? What's the point? What's the point of your life? Like your life is a waste. If you're not trying to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your whole life is a waste. Like for what? What are you benefiting from being here? Like, you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's important that, 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 that we benefit ourselves. So we should constantly be striving to be better. To pray at night. 
Now, so I don't want you know, uh, I, I, you know, also taken away from we can be rewarded from sleeping, like we can be rewarded from standing. But let's also let's let's try to pray at nighttime. Let's pray someone I can add at night. You understand what I'm saying? Get up right now in the darkness of night and pray someone I can add so that when you in that darkness that you can't turn no light on for, you can benefit. When you get put in your grave, you get put inside your grave, and you put that dirt over you. And everybody bounce and leave you in the graveyard, buried and dead by yourself. You understand what I'm saying? That's when you getting up at nighttime going to benefit you. When you're in the darkness of your grave. That's when it's going to benefit you. And you're going to die. You're going to be there one day. You're going to be there one day. All of us are. All of us are going to be there one day. Now is when we prepare for that. You understand what I'm saying? It's like when you work and your job... Right? Throughout the month, because you know at a certain point in the month, somebody gonna want their money. Correct? So 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 you 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 put your you know whatever's allocated aside for your bills, you put it aside in preparation. So when so so when it's time to pay that bill, you have what you need. Right? Whether whatever the bill is, I don't know, your cell phone, light, light, you know, water, whatever. So then when it's time to pay the bill, you got it. So 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 you work. Before it happens, so that when it happens, you're prepared to take care of it, to pay for it, right? All right, what are you preparing for um, when you're dead? When, you, when, when your family puts you in your grave, put the dirt on you, weep their tears and leave, what are you going to do then? You, what are you preparing for that? And it's important that we remember this because, see, sometimes we get so caught up in everyday stuff that we lose track of this. We get caught up in what's going on over there and what's going on over there and so on and so forth. We lose track of what's really going to benefit ourselves. People become yeah, any experts in this, this, that, and the third that hurt them or at the very minimum don't do nothing for them. And things that really will benefit them, they're totally unaware of totally ignorant about, have no expertise in, and then it's going to come a day when they need it, and they don't got it. Now what? Who are you going to blame? You daddy and great, who are going to yell at? This is, this, 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 this is what it's about. See, the Sahaba, they used to strive, they used to strive to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From the characteristics of Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu is that he used to love, he used to love to give charity as soon as he could. Like he, he, didn't, he didn't like to procrastinate when it came to giving charity, right? That was one of his outstanding characteristics is that he used to love to try to give charity as soon as he can do it, right? Because he was preparing he was preparing for when he was dead. He was preparing for when he meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. See, this was how the, the, the Salaf they were. So, when we say we upon, yani, that was the Salaf they were upon, what do we mean by that? What do we mean by that? Just that we believe that Allah is above his throne? Because they believe Allah is above his throne? Because why? Because Allah is above his throne. As Allah ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an, the most beneficent is above the throne. So that's where he's at. So they believe like that because that's what's real. 
We believe like that because that's what's real. But then that's it. That's it. Then we, we don't care about doing righteousness. We do all kinds of, 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 of sin and filth. And then we come and say, but the graves of Ahl Sunnah are like gardens and the graves of Ahl Bid'ah are like pits from the hellfire. That's our, that's our understanding? That was the understanding of the Salaf? Huh? The Sahaba used to strive to be good, to be good Muslims, to, 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 to strive. They used to pray at night. They used to fast voluntary fast. They would fight feasts of Allah. They would strive in Allah's way, so on and so forth. They would give charity. They would, they would, they would, they would, they would to the end of it. Subhanallah. Where are we from them? So my point is, is that we have to, one, take away nam, so we understand the functionality of the intention, but so that what? So that we can better yield it. So that we make sure what we're doing is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to make sure that we're striving to do righteous good deeds. Because one of the benefits and one of the takeaways from this, from this particular hadith that the ulama, they, 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 they point out, and this is going to be on your homework inshallah ta'ala. One of the benefits and the takeaways of this hadith is that it's an encouragement to do righteous good deeds. It's an encouragement to do righteous good deeds. And that's very important. Now, so I, I really, I really want to stress that and overstress that. Bithnilahi ta'ala. So, the second statement, It also, it is information informing us that a person will not get from his actions except that which he intended. So you're not going to get from your actions except what you intended. خَيْرٌ If he intends good, then he'll get good. شَرٌ And if he intends evil, then he'll going to get evil. Now, it could be the same action. If you intend good, you get good. You intend evil, you get evil. Get, a person say, what, what do you mean? How? What? Kaif? How? A person makes salat. A person could intend to pray for Allah. Now, that's one intention. They intend to pray for Allah. That's a good intention or a bad intention? It's a good intention. So because they intend to pray for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they pray upon yani, the way the Prophet told them, then they'll be rewarded inshallah ta'ala. But another person, munafiq, hypocrite, they, they pray the same prayer, do the same motions, say the same stuff. But they intend to only do it so people see them. That's it. They don't intend nothing else. Just so they can be seen by men. That intention is good or bad? It's bad. So what do they get for their prayer? They don't get accepted. So for them it turns out to be evil situation for them. You understand? So this is what it is. If a person intends good, they're going to get good. They intend evil, they're going to get evil. You do it for Allah, you'll be rewarded. You do it for something else, that's evil. You won't be rewarded. Now, so this is what is meant by this. This is incumbent that we understand this from this portion of, of the hadith. Now, that a person they will they will be rewarded based upon what they intended. Now, he said, so this is not a mere reiterance of the first sentence. So it's not to be understood that this comes, the second sentence, just to repeat 
the first sentence. No, there's no repetition in that sense. Because the first sentence, what's the first sentence? Nah, Verily deeds are by their intention. Now, but see, this is the way the, the, the translation gets a little, <coughs> a little dubious, right? So, that's the first sentence. Now, the first sentence, that the, the first sentence points to the fact that the action with within itself, whether it's acceptable or not acceptable, correct or incorrect, will be dependent upon the intention that, uh, like, it, I want to say initiated, there's a better word in English, I forget it. But there's, depending upon the intention behind it that sparked it. The motivating factor. Right, the motivating factor. Right? That's better than the Ibanical way I just said it. Right? <laughs> the motivating factor. <laughs> but it, so that which so the so 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 whether the action is correct or is incorrect will be dependent upon the person's intention. Will be dependent upon the first intention. This is what the first sentence points to. Right? This is what the first sentence points to. What Jumla Athania Dalat Allah and Thawab al Amil Allah the second sentence points to the fact that a person being rewarded will be dependent upon their good intention or they will be punished because of what they did depending upon a bad intention. So the first one points to the soundness of the action itself, and the second sentence points to a person being rewarded or not. Right? So actions are but by their intentions, and everyone will have, or everyone will be rewarded and or punished based upon what they intended. Right? So this is a, a, a more accurate translation of the meaning, uh, if not a word-for-word -word translation. Right? That the action, the soundness and correctness or erroneousness of an, of an action will be dependent upon their intentions and everyone will be rewarded and or will be rewarded or punished based upon what they intended. Now, which is tremendous. Imam uh, al goes on to mention, he says, وَقَدْ تَكُونُ نِيَّتُهُ مُبَاحِ فَيَكُونُ الْعَمَلِ مُبَاحِ he said his niya could be mubah. So therefore the action is mubah. So he gets no reward for it. His intention is mubah. His, uh, so yani, when he does mubah, he gets no reward for it because it was mubah. And he is not punished. And the action with him within itself, salahuhu wa fasaduhu. And as far as the action being sound or not, acceptable or rejected, will be dependent on the person's intention and that which motivated him to do 
said action. نعم فالثواب العامل وعقابه وسلامته بحسب نيته التي بها صار العمل صالحا أو فاسدا أو مباحا. So a person being punished or being rewarded, the doer being rewarded or being punished, uh, having being sound and safe and the like, will be dependent upon the intention by way in which the action, yani whether good or bad uh, or mubah, now whether it was yani uh, correct, he intended something, yani his intention was correct, it was built on that which is correct, or if the it was built upon that which is erroneous, then it's not accepted. Or if it was built upon that which is mubah, then he is not rewarded, uh, nor is he punished for it. Now let's look at mubah, and this is important in bidnilahi ta'ala. Uh, we'll end tonight's class upon this note, and this definitely is going to be on the homework. Now, inshallah ta'ala. Oh, it's actually Telegram. It's a Telegram room, inshallah ta'ala. Now, nah, inshallah ta'ala, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send out the, the, um, the link, inshallah ta'ala. <coughs> but basically on Telegram, if you want to, yani for those who have Telegram, if you, if you type in MCCA, uh, you'll be, you should be able to find it, bihnilahi ta'ala. Now, this is important because we all need to know this. Shaykh Uthameen, rahmatullah alayhi, he has a very beautiful explanation of the teklifat. Uh, uh, excuse me, of Naam, of Yani Ahkam Teklifi al Khamsa, Naam, the Ahkam Teklifi al Khamsa, which is translated as uh, the, the rules. Hold on, now I'm drawing a blank, right? Shaykh, Allah Mustafa. Naam, the five rules of accountability. Naam, the five rules of accountability. Uh, meaning, and as everyone should know this, is that there are five rules or five regulations that are related to those who the angels are writing for them, for lack of a better term. The angels are writing for you, then the actions, they will break down into five different uh, categories, right? And it's important that we know them and that we know what they are. The first one, of course, is wajib, right? Wajib. We all know wajib, right? Now, again, with these, I'm not going to translate them. I'm not going to translate them, meaning I'm not going to tell you wajib translated means this. Not wajib. We know wajib, right? Like, it's like we say, assalamu alaikum. Do you translate that? Do your head you translate that? No, because it's just it's stupid. Anyway, right? Wajib. Wajib is that ma'amara bihi shari' is that which يعني, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He commands you to do it In a way That is binding Naam? So you're commanded to do it By the one The legislator and the one who makes legislation Is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Only Allah makes legislation Let that يعني, Let us not be escaped from that Only Allah makes legislation the Prophet conveys to us the legislation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if He commands you to do something and it's binding, no option, you have to do it, then this is what? Wajib. This is what is wajib. 
Naam. So this is the first of the rules. The second is mandub. Mandub. Or it is said about it, mustahab. Right? Mandub or mustahab. Mustahab ma'amra bihi al-shari' la ala wajh al-ilzam. Is that which you're commanded to do by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You're commanded to do, right, by the text, by yani, either directly from Allah in the Quran or yani, the Prophet conveyed to you the command inside of the Sunnah, right? So you're commanded to do it, but not upon a way that is binding. So, it's, so you're encouraged to do it, but it's, it's not upon a way that is binding. This is what is mustahab or mandub. That makes sense? This is what is mustahab or mandub. Right. Then you have uh, al-muharram. Al-muharram or haram. Naam, something's haram. That is manaha anhu. Al-shari' ala waj al-ilzam bitark. Is that which we are prevented and prohibited from doing in a manner that is binding. And that leaving it is a must. There's no option. Don't do it. Naam. I'm going to go back and give examples for each. And then the fourth one is makruh. Something that is makruh. Now makruh manaha anhu. Al-shari' ala waj. Lahda. Naam. ما نهى عنه الشارع لا على وجه الإنزام بترك نعم المكروه ما نهى عنه الشارع لا على وجه الإنزام بترك is that which we are prohibited from doing but not upon a manner that is binding not upon a manner that is binding so we prohibit it, don't do it, but not in a way that is binding. And then the fifth one is Al-Mubah. Al-Mubah, ma la yata'allaq bihi amr wa la nahi lidhatihi. Is that which there is not connected to it, a command to do it or to stay away from it within, within itself. So it's not connected to it, yani, yani don't do this or do it, there's no connection to it within, within itself. That makes sense? So now let's go back and give you, I'll give you a, the example for each. The example that Shaykh Uthaymeen he mentioned. As far as wajib, Shaykh Uthaymeen he mentioned as an example, like the five daily prayers. Because wajib is that which we're commanded to do upon a manner that is, that we're commanded to do it and is binding. There's no, it's not negotiable. Do it. The five prayers is wajib. That makes sense. But what is haram? Uh, what is uh, excuse me? Uh, 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 mandub. What's another word for mandub? Mustahab. Mustahab. Is that which we're commanded to do, but it's not upon a manner that is binding. We're commanded to do it, but not upon a manner that is binding. Like what? Like rawatib. Like the the the, the, the sunnah prayers. Around the obligatory prayers. Naam Dunawatib. So the two rakaat before Fajr, this is mustahab. It's mandub. 
we're commanded to do it, but not upon a way that's binding. Right? That makes sense? Right. So if you see, these two are brought back to back because they're dealing with things that we're commanded to do. That's why they're linked like this. Because a person may say, well, why don't you, you know, why, why wasn't it said, wajib, muharram, like this? No, no. Because you're dealing with, you're commanded to do something. One way is binding, another way is not binding. The way that's binding is what? The way that's binding is wajib. The way that's not binding is what? Mustahab. Or? Mandub. Now, essential. Like, now, we get into things that we're prohibited from. So now, Al-Muharram, that which is haram, Mamnur, is that what? Is that which we're commanded to stay away from it upon a manner that's binding. So we have to stay away from it. What's an example of that? The Shaykh, he mentions, he says, Like, dis disrespecting and being undutiful to the parents. Right? What else? Khamr. A zina. What else? Another one. Khanzir. Now, what's another one? Dealing with money. A riba. Interest. Haram. Right? But upon a manner that what? Is, is binding that we stay away from it. You, gotta, you don't got an option. It's important. It's important. People may not like that, but hey, man. It is what it is. Right? And then we got makruh. And makruh is a prohibition that we're, that we're commanded to stay away from it, but not upon a manner that is binding. Right? So we got to stay away from it, but we haven't been prohibited from it in a manner that is binding. That makes sense? Like what? He brings, he says, like, um, for example, he says, like, Akh bil Shimal. Akh Shimal. Like taking something with your left hand. Right? We're, 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 we're supposed to, or we've been commanded, don't take things with your left hand. Right? Prohibit it from taking things with our left hand. But upon a way that is what? That is? It's not binding. It's makruh. Right? So if you stay away from it, then you're subject to be rewarded. But if you do it, then you're not subject to be punished. That makes sense? If you stay away from it, inshallah, you'll be rewarded for staying away from it. But you're not subject to being punished. Right? And, and knowing these things are important because just sometimes a person have a whole bunch of stuff in his, in his right hand, you go to give him something and he, wait, 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 brother, and he's doing all this type of stuff because he want to get it with the, you know, all kind of difficulty. He might pull something in his back and all of a sudden, you know what I mean? If it's, if it's you know, if it's, you, sometimes you're stuck in a situation, all right, man, just take it, you know, don't kill yourself because you say, no, don't take it with your left hand, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't kill yourself. It's not cruel. Understand the, 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 the boundaries. Because these are, these are those things where you have some wiggle room. You have some wiggle room. So if you do it, you won't be punished for it. You won't be punished for it. Right? But, and then we got Mubah. And Mubah is that which what? You tell me, what's Mubah? Huh? It's, 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 it's halal, it's permissible, but it's what? Right, there's no command or prohibition attached to it. 
So there's no command or prohibition attached to it itself. For example, the Shaykh he brings for example, يعني كالأكل كالأكل في رمضان ليلا like eating in the nighttime in Ramadan, right? So eating in the nighttime in Ramadan is what? It's mubah, right? It's not, you're not commanded to eat, are you? No, you're commanded to break your fast. Break your fast, you're commanded to break your fast. But after you break your fast, you eat a little bit. Let's say it's 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock. I mean, it depends on what time of the you know, is, right? But let's say it's the middle of the night. You got to get up and eat in the middle of the night? No. no. If you're not, you don't want to feel like eating, don't eat. You eat, you eat your dinner and you don't want to eat nothing else? Okay, no problem. Because eating at this time now is what? It's mubah. If you want to eat, eat. If you don't, don't eat. It's, it's, it's no problem. Because it's not connected to it, a command to do it, or a prohibition to stay away from it. That makes sense? Now, but these things are important for us to know, these terminologies, and they're important for us to teach our children the likes of these terminologies. And... Um, I, I don't encourage or advocate tra- trying to translate them. No? I don't advocate or try, yani, trying to translate them. And, and, and like this, we want to increase our Arabic vocabulary bit by 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 bit. Because although we spoiled right now, we spoiled. I'm going to tell you, right now, we spoiled. Because stuff is being translated. There was a time back in the day, if you want to study Islam, you had to learn Arabic. Learn Arabic. You understand what I'm saying? If you want to study Islam, you got to learn Arabic. We spoil, so, alhamdulillah, it is what it is. Let us try to increase our Arabic vocabulary as much as possible. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we call it Spanglish. That's what they call it. Half Spanish, half English, right? You talk Spanish, they don't know the word, they say it in English. Get like that in Arabic. Right? No, really, until, until you could put everything... You know, the vast majority in Arabic, be like that. Speak as much as you possibly can. Because this will help you, bithnilahi ta'ala, towards ultimately understanding the book in the sunnah. And that is the point. Bithnilahi <clears throat> ta'ala, this last portion of, the, of, the, uh, of, these, five, of these five rules yani, uh, of accountability, this will definitely, most definitely be on the homework. Inshallah ta'ala. Um, so and giving examples for each will definitely be on the homework. Definitely be on the homework. To mention them and to give examples, ta'ala. Because again, it's not about just yani, being able to parrot off information, but it's about understanding it. Because the goal is to do what? What's the goal? Act to act upon it. That's the goal. The goal is to act upon it. Now so, yani, inshallah ta'ala, again, this will be uh, put out on the telegram room. Right now, homework for class one and two is there. So, yani, uh, alhamdulillah, um, we can start with that. And then over the next few days, uh, the homework for class three and, and today's class will be posted. Bithnilahi ta'ala, fa naktafi bihad al-qadr, wa sallallahu sallam ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in, wa jazakum allahu. خيرا